So let me tell you about uh, Father's Day. It's coming up. What's dad's style when it comes to clothing? I mean, like, for instance, I can't wear, I'm not wearing this out. If you, well, you are watching the blaze. I'm not wearing this out without my wife going, what the? You're not wearing that. Okay, well, here's the deal. Your dad has, your dad has that kind of style. American Giant, founded on the idea of making an American difference. Everything is made in America by Americans. It is really good clothing. Uh, buy American today, American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Great kind of just golf clothing, you know, casual clothing, really comfortable. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. According to uh, Gallup, the poverty rate of $30,000 doesn't cut it anymore. Uh, In fact, for a family of four, they're saying now that people need at least $85,000 just to get by. That's triple the poverty rate. Um, Huh. I wonder what that could be caused from. I mean, not inflation, right? I mean, well... What causes inflation? Certainly not government spending. Oh, on that front, good news. The McCarthy bill passed. Yeah. And there's really good things coming up. First of all, we avoided that funding crunch, you know, that catastrophe that would not ever happen without the uh, the Secretary of Treasury and the President deciding not to pay our bills uh and the republicans they're saying there's just all kinds of wins there uh you know like uh many more omnibuses um cbo found it's gonna uh, it's going to affect food stamps yeah in fact it's going to it's it's going to expand food stamps so all the things that I, uh, gosh, I, I wish I hadn't have been uh, right on McCarthy. All the things I thought about McCarthy and then hoped. Well, no, maybe he's different. No, they're never different. Oh, my gosh, these people. Well, now it goes to the Senate. And there are people like Mike Lee and Ted Cruz and others who are standing up and saying, not on my watch. Do they have a chance? What's the strategy? Mike Lee joins us in 60 seconds. I don't know about you, but I like comfortability. I like durability. I like both of those things together, you know. Uh, when I sleep, when I'm when I'm with a towel, you know, I have a towel. We were staying at a uh, hotel uh, recently that was, um, well, I should say not five stars. In fact, I don't know if it had any stars. And <laughs> they're, uh, the towels, have you ever used the towels that you like, you, a washcloth is more absorbent? But they're huge, but they, like, you dry off your your face, and you're like, okay, well, I need another towel. 
If you like really great towels for $25, MyPillow.com has a six-towel set. Right now, they'll sell out fast. They're machine washable, durable, come in multiple sizes and styles. You just find this offer at MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listener Special Square. Get the clearance price of $25 on this towel set. Normally, about $100. uh, It's $99.98 normally. Deal's not going to last long. Enter the promo code BECK at checkout, 800-966-3117, MyPillow.com. Okay, Mike, so what's the strategy now? Look, the strategy now is to make sure that the United States Senate is fully informed before its members vote on this, and to make sure that the United States Senate has the opportunity to cast votes on a few amendments that identify some of the more egregious errors you could either call them drafting errors, if you wanted to assume good faith on the part of those who wrote them, or you could call them efforts to repair malicious damage inflicted by whoever wrote this, trying to make virtually every cost savings measure in this bill feckless and almost ineffective. Okay, so go through some of them. All right, so my personal uh, uh, favorite in the sense of it really getting me worked up is this section 265 of the bill section 265 nullifies completely the regulatory pay-as-you-go measure uh, or pay-go as they call it the reg pay-go provision is section 263 then in 265 just after the provision that promised to bring about accountability for government as it expands the regulatory footprint of the federal government it says oh by the way the director of President Biden's Office of Management and Budget, Shalonda Young, may at her sole discretion decide not to follow these. Oh my gosh. Just exempt herself from it. And you know, Glenn, the funny thing is I, I discovered this about 48 hours ago. And it was Tuesday morning when I was reading through that particular provision and discovered, oh my gosh, this could be a problem. And a lot of people aren't going to read this or understand what it means. So I've got to talk about it. I kid you not, by the end of the day, Shalonda Young herself, OMB director at a White House briefing, came out and said, yeah, of course I will use that provision. And I will use that provision to defend and prop up President Biden's regulatory agenda. So it, it should, they're not even being mysterious about this. So this regulatory accountability, it was supposed to start with and end with the RAINS Act, which would put Congress back in charge of making the law instead of allowing law to be made by unelected, unaccountable bureaucratic pinheads. Uh, They stripped that out and they put this one in as a replacement with Kevin McCarthy, who I genuinely like as a human being. I've long really liked Kevin personally, but he came out and said, yeah, we didn't get reins. We didn't even get a short-term reins, which is something they should have used as a fallback, which I'd suggest at least reign for the duration of the Congress. But we did get something almost as good as that, which is this regulatory pay-go feature, only it doesn't work. It was built to fail, built to do nothing. What, what is the, the regulatory pay-go, which, the one you just talked about? Okay, so it would require the administration, each time it issues a new regulation, to establish what the cost of it would be and to ensure that they're not increasing the net cost of regulatory compliance. Right. See, this, this may seem odd to put in a debt ceiling deal, but it actually makes perfect sense because we can't get out of our debt crisis solely by cutting. We need to cut, yes, and we need to cut a lot. We need to grow. But our debt is so huge that we need to grow at the same time we cut. And so what we're left with is no real cuts, at least not very much, and I'll go over that in a second, 
And the, the pro-growth stuff doesn't work either because it was built to fail. Now, I don't think Kevin knew this. I think he was deceived by someone giving him bad advice. But it is what it is. And, and I'm pushing an amendment today to strike Section 265 to make this thing at least less bad. Okay, so, uh, Mike, um, you know, we've got Romneys coming out of our nose in, in Washington. Uh, you're gonna be, are you going to be able to get enough Republicans to help? Look, I, I, I'm, I'm whipping the vote uh, among Senate Republicans. I, I believe that we're going to have at least 20 no votes. I'm going to try to push that figure higher. I'd like to get it north of 25. Uh, between 25 and 30 would be a good outcome. What would be an even better outcome, Glenn, is we get through some of this and we start voting on some of these amendments to strike some of the more egregious provisions or, and also at the same time highlight the bill's deficiencies. And in the process, perhaps either repair it so that it actually does something good or alternatively, if it can't be repaired, defeat this thing so that we can go back to the drawing board and get something that actually works. There's no reason we have to be up against this false deadline established by Janet Yellen. We're just days away from the moment when we're going to start receiving these quarterly tax payments that uh, once they're in, will take us into mid to late July before we have to do a thing. We shouldn't wait that long. We ought to act now, but there's no reason we have to act uh, at this moment recklessly now and Monday. So, um, so, you know, you've got Mitch McConnell standing there saying, we're going to pass it today. Yeah, he wants to pass it today. And I respectfully, but very, very strongly disagree with him. Look, uh, we, we, we've got to make sure that the American people and those they elected to represent them know what this thing does. And, and I believe a lot of the people who voted for this last night, at least the Republicans, didn't fully understand what it did. They had drunk the Kool-Aid. They had been fed misinformation, perhaps in good faith. I don't know, uh, uh, by Republican leadership over there. But, you know, Glenn, something interesting happened. First, 71 House heroes were born last night. 71 House heroes who emerged despite aggressive efforts by Republican leadership and the news media to force them to vote for something. They stood up and they voted no. You know what's interesting, Glenn? More Democrats voted for this bill in the House I know. than Republicans. I know. More Democrats voted for uh, it. I have heard, I don't, Republican I don't know if this is true, but I have heard that there were earmarks given to key Democrats to help them whip the vote. There, there may well have been. I have no way of knowing that. But what I do know is more of them voted for it than did Republicans, and more Republicans voted against it than did Democrats. And yet this was an effort that was supposed to be some sort of win. And within minutes after that vote was, was cast and the result was known, you had Democrats in the House saying things like, OK, I guess we can gloat now. We can finally gloat now that this is passed, that we totally played them. And they did, in fact, play Republicans. Of course they well, the did. Of course they did. Because I swear to you, we have the IQ among all Republican leadership, in my opinion, we have the IQ of a dog and a dumb dog, possibly a dead dog at that. Look, I, I, I won't speak to their IQ, and I don't know that that is the problem. I don't think it is. I think that the problem is they're too eager to hear what they want to hear, that something can be done easily. 
that there can be a kumbaya moment that's not going to have problems with it. And so sometimes they look the other way when it comes How many, to uh, Mike, the you're, you're, I've, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate you're being much more Christ-like than I am. Uh, by, you know, you're not questioning their IQ. But how dumb do you have to be to fall for the same trick every time since the day I was born? Look, Glenn, you're not going to tell me Santa Claus isn't real again, are you? Because that really upsets me <laughs> when you go there. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Look, let's, let's, let's get back for a second to the spending issues. Because this is another glaring omission. It's something that irritates me to know and what they're saying. They're claiming that this thing saves between, I don't know, $1.5 and $2 trillion. It doesn't. It's, it's smoke and mirrors. Look, in year one, the Limit Save Grow Act, the one passed a few weeks ago by the House, would have saved about a trillion dollars in the first year alone. That's how you tell whether it's serious, is what it does in the first year. Correct. Because that's the one that's immediately under our control as we're doing this thing. It's the same Congress acting in the same moment in the same legislation. This one, do you want to know how much it saves in year one? About $12 billion. $12 billion as compared to about $1.2 trillion. And some would say even more because the expense, the cost of the Green New Deal tax credits adopted by the Democrats, uh, which they were clawing back, which they were going to halt, uh, are, are, are now understood as likely to be even more expensive than we expected. But this one saves only about $12 billion, possibly as few as six. You know, they claw back $28 billion of unspent COVID funds, and then they immediately create a new slush fund in the Department of Commerce for $22 billion. Nobody knows what it does. Nobody knows what it means. They're just moving it there so they can spend it somewhere else. What? I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There shouldn't be any slush funds for any department. I mean, I'm what? what, what, Mike, what does the Commerce Department do? What what could they possibly do? Very important things. And in this provision, I believe the language is something along the lines of uh, establishing business necessary high-tech business infrastructure. Who the hell knows what that means? I, I think, honestly, it's there to serve as a slush fund to make sure that they have money when they feel like it for something else. <sighs> Mike, how can we help you? Okay. So, first of all, I hope and pray that senators will pay attention today, that they will continue to read the bill, that they'll study the bill, that they will listen to arguments being made. That when those of us who are proposing amendments and demanding that they be debated and voted on, will pay attention carefully to what's being said and ask the question, is this really what the American people need? Not just what they deserve, but what they desperately need right now. Could we do better? And Secondly, anyone who has the ear of a a United States senator, as most constituents do in one way or another, reach out to them and ask how they're voting and express your views about how you feel about this bill. If you feel, as I do, that this bill is a whole lot of smoke in mirrors and that doesn't really save anything and that it may end up costing more money, let them know. Yet another point, they promised work requirements. There were work requirements attached to Medicaid, attached to food stamps, and attached to another federal welfare program called TANF in the original Limit, Save, Grow plan. They were great 
reforms would have saved money and would have also helped people get out of poverty, making poverty temporary rather than tolerable and sustainable long term as poverty. This is a pro-growth and pro-human thriving sort of measure. You know what they did in this bill? They said, oh, yeah, we've got work requirements until you read the fine print. And you see that they stripped out all of the Medicaid work requirements. The TANF requirements are essentially a wash, essentially meaningless at best. Then you've got uh, the food stamp work requirements. Those appeared at first blush to do something to save money. And then we found out last night that according to the Congressional Budget Office, it actually costs more money. It's going to cost us a couple of billion dollars, not save us anything, but cost. Yeah, but we're we're so but wait, we're saving upside down. and we're saving money with the IRS, though, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> I think it's less than two billion dollars out of eighty billion dollars. Two billion. Rough, not to, two billion out of eighty billion. That is not just a drop in the bucket. That is a drop in the ocean, as far as we're concerned. It still puts us in a position where we've deployed this veritable army of people to uh, harass the American people. And we don't want that. We don't need that. And we need the money to not be spent. The last thing uh, Thomas Massey was on yesterday said this is going to avoid a uh, an omnibus bill. And I've heard now that people are saying, no, this is going to cause another omnibus bill. Look, I love Thomas Massey. He's one of my favorite people in all of Congress. And he's someone I rarely disagree with. And I don't question his motives I don't either. or his intelligence for one minute. He's dead wrong. Dead wrong here. He, look, everyone makes mistakes from time to time. He's definitely made one here. He's dead wrong. This provision he's talking about that supposedly bring about an automatic 1% cut. Now, now, it might have that effect if the 1% cut kicked in on October 1st, the day after Congress failed to adopt a spending bill or a series of spending bills. It doesn't kick in until January 1st. So that three-month interregnum between Congress's failure to pass something and the moment the 1% kick, yeah, cut kick in, kicks in, during that period, there's going to be enormous groundswell pressure from the Uniparty, mm-hmm. uh, from the Washington swamp. To pass It will encourage Congress to pass a giant, bloated, expensive omnibus mm-hmm. or perhaps a large CR with some omnibus-like creatures dwelling within it, or a series right. of what they call minibus bills. Either way, we're going to spend more money, not less, as All a right. result of this. Mike, I wish Thomas Messi were right. He's dead wrong here. We will, uh, hopefully, the phones will ring in the Senate today. Thank you so much for all your hard work. Keep fighting, Mike. Thanks so much, Glenn. You bet. Thanks so much for keeping America informed. Thanks. Uh, Please call your senator today. Got to call all of your Republican senators. Uh, Don't waste your dime on uh, Mitt Romney's of the world, but call all of them. All of them. Make it clear. No on this. Uh, Relief factor. Relief factor. uh, If pain has gotten aggressive with you. Get up in the morning. It's kicking you around like a soccer ball. It only gets worse as the day goes on. I know how that feels. And you got to get your life back. Debilitating pain make you feel like doing nothing other than turning over in bed and going back to sleep. But there's a lot of life left. So live it and live it to your fullest. 
Try the three-week quick start. It's 1995. It's a trial pack. So it's, it was developed by doctors to not whack you out. It's not a drug. It, it works on inflammation. And hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. And about 70% of them go on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com or call 800, the number four relief. 1995, three-week quick start. Reef, relieffactor.com, 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, I, I think the only way this happens is if the phone lines are overwhelmed and then it's still sketchy. But if the phone lines are jammed, if people are calling the Capitol today to talk to their congressmen, their senator senators now, but kick the butt of all those that didn't or call and thank the 70 that said, I'm not voting for this. Um, make sure you call your senator today because that's the only way they don't they're not listening. They're completely detached and I do think some of them are being duped, and I do think others have nefarious reasons. But, uh, you know, at best case scenario, they're being duped. They're being duped. Yeah, I don't think they're being duped. I mean, I think they I know, know. I don't think so either. I, I think maybe they were being duped initially. They all know what's in this thing now. Right. I mean, the fact that they're, you know, you'd think, okay, we spent a bunch of money on COVID, trillions of dollars, by the way. The fact that there's, you know, $28 billion left sitting around doing nothing. Obviously, that should just go back to either pay them the money we borrowed back or as a tax rebate to people, right? Like, yeah. they, they, what do you mean it's going really to a easy. slush fund yeah. for another department uh-huh. that doesn't even know what they're going to do with it? Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that that is in there, the fact that only $2 billion of 80 How billion, much money is sloshing around in the administration where they're accomplishing anything they want to? And no one's stopping them. You've got to call your senator and say, no, no, don't vote yes on this. I will remember when you come up for re-election. The Glenn Beck Program. Childhood memories are funny things. The older you get, the more distance you put between who you are now and who you were then. And the memory starts to get a little fuzzy. It's kind of a shame because I have favorite memories and I want to remember them. Those memories that were caught on film or videotape, if you haven't looked at them, especially if you're keeping them in the basement, the attic or the garage, they could be dust by now. You've got to preserve these things. We are our own historians. And it makes a difference to future generations to know where they came from, to know who these people were, to see how we lived. Please future proof this future proof your past. Take advantage of an exclusive discount right now at Legacy Box. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. You can revisit and share and preserve all of the memories from your family's past. Become your family historian. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Go there now. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. All right. I think it's time to subscribe to Blaze TV. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks.
Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. You know, I was just doing that uh, commercial for Legacy Box a minute ago. And I can't tell you how important it is to um, save your history and preserve the history as much as you can. Um, We are entering a time, you know, I was talking to James Lindsay yesterday on the air, and he was talking about how uh, white extremists and, you know, uh, white supremacists are going to become synonymous with Christian nationalists. Now, how do you how do you decide what a Christian nationalist is? Well, whoever is in charge gets to decide the meaning of those words. And it is now trending towards anyone who believes in the superiority or the um, the divine appointing, if you will, of the United States of America, that God was involved in writing our Constitution and Declaration of Independence. Well, all of the founders believed that. I believe that. Now, that doesn't give a special right to lord over everyone, which we're doing. But I believe that we were saved by God several times. This time, I think, you know, as we're praying, God's like, oh, oh, they're finally calling. Yeah, they're on hold. Yeah, tell them it'll be a while. I mean, I... (laughs) I think he's going to, until we get it, he's not going to pay attention to us. We've got to turn to him. Anyway, what I just said to you will be deemed Christian nationalism. It's not. It's not. I believe in our founding, and I believe in the influence of God on our founding and our country, but I do so in a humble way. Not this arrogant, we'll tell everybody else how to live. I don't have any intention of turning anyone into, uh, you know, turn against their faith, turn against their religion. You know, hey, you got to join mine. No, no, I will live my life in a way to be a good example. And if you're interested on what makes me that way, Jesus Christ, then you can ask. And I have uh, and I talk about these things on the air. But if you don't believe that, that's okay. It's okay. That's not Christian nationalism. As I was talking to James Lindsay. I realized I have the. One of the largest collections in the world of things that will all be deemed Christian nationalist. These will be dangerous Nazi-like artifacts because they show the difference between good and evil. They show when we are building our house on sand and when we're building our house on rock, another biblical principle. All of the things that the founders wrote, that'll be Nazi stuff. I was doing some work um, a couple of days ago uh, on uh, the museum that is being seen. Everything is sold out. All the tickets for the museum in Idaho sold out. Uh, we're only doing it two days there. There are 10 days in uh, St. George. 
And so at the, I think on the second and third day, there's a few spots at night. But I urge you to get your tickets because when we come, it'll be too late. Unless there's tickets available still, but I, I, don't, I doubt there will be. Um, but you can, you can get those tickets to come to the museum. Go to unitedwepledge.org. I urge you and your family to do it. Because quite honestly, this, I've been saying this. This is a trial to put this thing on the road. But I'm not sure we're, sure we're going to be able to put it on the road. I'm not sure that this collection's not going to be lost in some boating accident. It'd be horrible if I went out on a fishing boat with the entire collection and all of those founding documents. But, you know, stranger things have happened, to Really? Stra- have yeah, they? Stra- yes. That would be pretty Stra- strange. It would be strange, but they might all be lost in a boating accident. Hmm. Because they must be preserved. When I started collecting all of this stuff, I mean, you won't believe this stuff that we have. No, oh, I was going to tell you, I was doing some research on this. And um, I have what's called the red pill section. And the red pill section, I don't advise you to bring your little kids to. Little kids. They're teenagers. They should be able to handle it. But it is how man decided that man was God. And it starts with um, origin of the species and descent of man. In origin of the species, it's, it's the survival of the fittest races. Okay? It, 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 it talks about half-baked humans, basically. You know, half monkey people. You know where this is going. This is how it got into science and people started following the science. And before you know it, we had the progressive era. You have Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood right now is saying, when it comes to your abortion, any reason is the right reason. Telling your abortion story is important because the more we talk about this essential form of health care, the more normalized it becomes. Well, not on my watch. So I'm doing some research because I want to have accurate quotes from everybody in this red pill room. And one part of it is Roe versus Wade. Is it murder or is it compassion? Who said what? Found this. Now you tell me why we've never heard this. Maybe you've heard it. I've never heard this. (sighs) Frankly, I had thought at the time when Roe was decided, there was a concern about population growth and particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of. So I really thought Roe was going to be set up for Medicaid funding for abortion. Who said that? Ruth Bader Ginsburg, July 7th, 2009. 2009. In the New York Times. I invite you to look it up. In fact, I would print it. I would burn it to disk because you never know when that link is going to be lost. Frankly, I had thought at the time Roe was decided there was concern about population growth and this is the part. Population growth. People worried about that. 
Okay, not a problem. People worried about that in the 1960s and early 70s. But she goes further than that, particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of. Who are what, what population would that be, Ruth? What population would that be? These people haven't changed. Haven't changed at all. They are the same progressive monsters that believe they should control your life, decide who lives and who dies, because they are gods. There is no god bigger than the government, and they're in the government, therefore they make the godlike rules. I pray every day for you. I pray every day for our country. I pray for our enemies. I pray for guidance. But I always beg the Lord, please, not in the usual way if you can avoid it. But please humble us. A great humbling is coming because we have... Whether you believe in God or not, when you start running your society on lies, on complete falsehoods, when you have taken provable facts and said they're just the opposite, it won't last. How long would your job last if you were you know, running the counter at McDonald's? And people were coming in and saying, oh, this is really good. And you said, in this case, the truth, it's really kind of crappy for you. How long would your job last? How long would McDonald's last if everybody that was behind the counter at McDonald's was saying, you know, these are really unhealthy. I don't eat this stuff myself, but here's your bag. This time, they're telling you complete lies. Oh, there's rat poison in that. Yeah, this is they make it with rat poison. I don't want to tell you that, but somebody's got to tell you it's rat poison. How long would they last if everybody decided that two and two does equal five? And everybody behind the counter looked at each other when you were paying the bill and they're like, no, you don't understand math. Wait, no, it two plus two is four. No, it's not It's five. Right, Bill? Yeah, that's right. You would go out of business. How do you think you can run a society, a, a civilization, when you cannot agree on true, eternal principles? You don't have to believe in God. Believe in math. Back in a minute. Imagine if you made a movie in China and had all the Chinese actors. They only spoke Chinese. There was a suspicious lack of uh, references to Taiwan, you know, and then it was put on DVDs in China and shipped to America where they took those DVDs and put them in plastic cases made right here in the USA. Now, would that be an American movie? No, I don't think so. Do you know that 85% of our grass-fed beef is born, raised, fed in some other country and then shipped here? Killed, cut up, and they call that an American product. No, it's not. 
And our ranchers are suffering. Our farms are suffering. You can't do the math on farms. You kill the farms. Give it to these elites like uh, uh, Bill Gates. What do you think we're going to be eating? Anyway, good ranchers will save you a lot of money. Uh, You can feel good about, you know, the 100% American beef, locally sourced meat. If you're putting on your grill, on your plate, fish, chicken, beef, you got it from America. And it's delicious. You lock in your price. Who's saying inflation is going to get worse? No. Good ranchers lock in the price. GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code Beck and save $30. GoodRanchers.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. So when is the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Uh, If the answer to that is never, then congratulations. You have a life and you're an American citizen who doesn't think about these things why would you it's not supposed to be something you're responsible for once you buy the house you have the title you shouldn't have to check it every single day you don't do that with your car title problem is homes titles are online and a criminal can get access to hundreds of thousands of dollars if they are able to commit the crime of home title fraud and so what do you do well you got to protect yourself you can sit here and you can complain about it we can go to the government and wait for them to change it maybe they'll pass a new law Maybe, maybe it's somewhere in the uh, the new debt agreement. Uh, maybe they've solved it yeah. already, right? Yeah, in one section, but then they delete the, in oh, the next section. So home title fraud is fully legal now. Yeah. It's like the purge for home title <laughs> right. fraud. Uh, so you got to protect yourself. And the way to do that is home title lock. Home title lock helps shut this kind of thing down. It's what they do. They do it better than anyone. You don't want to find out about this after the damage has been done. So be proactive and stop the crime before it happens, before they legalize the home title fraud purge. Uh, go to HomeTitleLock.com, get three, uh, 30 risk-free days of protection when you use the promo code BECK at checkout. HomeTitleLock.com, use the promo code BECK to get the 30 risk-free days. Protect your home. Make sure you're not a victim of whatever is around the corner. HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, the code is BECK. Yeah. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're glad that you're uh, here. I gave this story yesterday, but I don't think I could give it enough times. Record drug shortages across the United States are delaying life-saving treatments for thousands of patients around the country. Congress and the White House now scrambling to address a shortfall in prescription drugs. Everything from painkillers to cancer treatments. Hospitals all across the country on a regular basis, sometimes weekly, have to review which drugs are in short supply or not available that week. I don't know if you've been to uh, CVS or wherever you get your uh, your uh, medicine from, if you have been touched at all by this. The shortage is being most acutely felt in the generic drug market, which accounts for nearly 90%. The U.S. reached a peak level of 295 active drug shortages The FDA says, no, 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 it's only 130. The American Society of Health says, no, no, it's 301 drugs that are missing off the shelves. The FDA says the drug shortage lasts usually for about 18 months. Shortages, however, have stretched on for 15 years. The short supply includes Adderall, Tylenol, uh, antibiotics, including amoxicillin, 
saline mixtures used in IVs and almost two dozen kinds of anti-cancer drugs. Just, just be prepared. There are things on this one you absolutely can do. This, is, this one has been bothering me for a long time. And I'm just remembering that I think I told you at this time yesterday the same story. So I got to tell it again later on in the show, I think. So the rest of the audience, you know, the schlubs that you're here right at the beginning. You know, you're here. It's the people that roll in later that we have to make up for. I mean, if we're going to save people from medication shortfalls, it really should be these people, not the other ones. <laughs> right. The other ones come in late. They're yeah, not even here for the whole show. You know, like, uh, whatever. No. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, and this is not a commercial. I do commercials for them, but um, this has bothered me for 20 years. How do you do this? If you're on heart medication, what do you do? You're on, uh, you know, some sort of uh, uh, psychiatric medication, uh, blood pressure. What do you do? There is a company called Jace Medical. And I think that's the address, isn't it? JaceMedical.com. J-A-S-E, medical, and they're uh, now starting to uh, make year-long prescriptions uh, and filling a year's worth of prescriptions so you have it in your home, including things like, you know, if you have diabetes, because that, that ain't going to last long. That's not going to last long. So Yeah, and they also have the Jace case. Which yeah, is, and those uh, are antibiotics. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is the uh, issue, issue. I think, like, we've seen what the supply chain thing can do. We kind of got a preview of this already. Yeah. You know, I waited 14 months for a car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, this is, um, and I'm, I'm not joking here. I'm not joking. Okay. My house, I'm going on vacation for mm-hmm. two weeks. When I come back, I am told my house will be officially finished. Do you believe it? No, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> But, I mean, it, it's all been slowdowns from, you know, I, I still walk into places all the time and they're like, yeah, we don't have any of those things. We don't, we don't. What, what do you, I'm looking for sandpaper. Yeah, we're all out. We're all out. What do you mean you're all out? Learn your lesson and please be prepared. The Glenn Beck Program.